1 through 4 responsibly, please see page 6 of the bulletin. It is Psalm 110, beginning with the first verse. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. The Lord has sworn will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The third reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1902. 1 John chapter 4, beginning with the seventh verse. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel indeed does come from St. Matthew, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and can be found on page 1497 in your pew Bible. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because her husband Joseph was a faithful 
faithful man and faithful to the law, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I have a little story to tell you. Uh, on this eve, and um, I discovered this, you know, several years ago, and I have used it a couple of times in the last few weeks at meetings and and so forth. And uh, it's a it's a poignant story. So listen closely. I'll try to not go too slow, but uh, or too fast. But it's entitled "The Old Man and the Preacher." And it is based on John 3.16. We all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Jesus, the name by which we are saved. There is no other name. This man writes that he had told a story about a preacher the preacher said, today I'd like to share a story that gives us a glimpse of his loving and sacrificial nature. So after a few of the, uh, one more time, after a few of the usual Sunday evening hymns, the church's pastor slowly stood up and he walked over to the pulpit and before he gave his sermon for the evening, he briefly introduced a guest minister who was in the service that evening. Now in the introduction, the pastor told the congregation that the guest minister was one of his dearest childhood friends and that he wanted him to have a few moments to greet the church and to share whatever he felt would be appropriate for his service. And with that, an elderly man stepped up to the pulpit and he began to speak. He told this story. A father and his son and a friend of his son were sailing off the Pacific coast. When a fast approaching storm blocked any attempt to get back to the shore. Now the waves were so high. And even though that the father was an experienced sailor, he could not keep the boat 
upright. And the three were swept into the ocean as the boat capsized. The old man hesitated for a moment, making eye contact with two teenagers who were, for the first time since the service began, looking somewhat interested in the story. The aged man continued with the story, grabbing a rescue line, the father had to make the most excruciating decision of his life. That is, to which boy would he throw the other end of the line? He had only seconds to make the decision. The father knew that his son was a Christian, and he also knew that his son's friend was not. The agony of his decision could not be matched by the torrent of the waves. As the father yelled out, I love you, son, he threw out the lifeline to his son's friend. And by the time the father had pulled the friend back into the capsized boat, his own son had disappeared beneath the raging swells into the black of the night. His body was never recovered. Now by this time, the two teenagers in the church were sitting, sitting straight in their pew, anxiously waiting for the next words to come out of the old minister's mouth. The father, you see, knew his son would step into eternity with Jesus, and he could not bear the thought of his son's friend stepping into eternity without Jesus. Therefore, he sacrificed his son to save the son's friend. He paused and then spoke with great emotion. How great is the love of God that he should do the same for us. Our heavenly Father sacrificed his only begotten Son that we could be saved. And I urge you to accept this offer right here and right now His offer to rescue you and take hold of the lifeline he is throwing out to you in this service. And with that, the old man turned and sat down in his chair as silence filled the room. The pastor again walked slowly to the pulpit and delivered a brief sermon offering God's salvation to any who would reach out for it. However, no one responded to his appeal. Within minutes after the service ended, those two teenagers were at the old man's side. That was a nice story, politely stated one of the boys, but I don't think it was very realistic for a father to give up his only son in hopes, in hopes that the other boy would become a Christian. And the old man said, well, you got a point there. Then he glanced down at his worn Bible. And then once again, he looked up at the boys and said with a broad smile, it sure isn't very realistic, but the story gives me a glimpse of what it must have been like for God to give up his son for me. It took a tremendous sacrifice. And I know, you see, I was the father in that story. And your pastor 
is my son's friend. Loving Father, the sacrifice you made to save souls of mankind is more than we can comprehend or imagine. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. The season of Advent, we've talked about this, uh, it, you know, you see blue, and, and, and sometimes we think blue is like a down or a bummer color, you know, I, you know there's a song, uh, I won't sing it very well, but, you know, I'll have a blue Christmas without you, right? You heard that before? Yeah, <laughs> right on. You could be up here some time with me too, we'll sing. But blue is the color of hope. And Advent is the season of hope, of expectancy that God's going to fulfill his promise through the birth of a baby boy. That's what we are celebrating now. Hope. And not the kind of hope where, gee, I, I hope it works. But assurance. And you've heard me say this before, but what promises does our Heavenly Father keep? All of them. You can take that to the bank. I mean, every single one of him, he keeps. And as our reading tonight, we, we hear in Isaiah, God's promise was to save his people, to deliver them. God's promise to the psalmist was of victory. For God is love, and God keeps his promises to you and to me. God throws a lifeline out to you in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. We need that lifeline. We are not able to save ourselves. We find ourselves in the turbulent waters just like that out in the Pacific. And on our own, we are lost. But with the lifeline that God threw to us through Jesus Christ, we are saved. What's in a name? The name of Jesus. God saves. What's in a name? It's the name above all names. There are other evidences of of lifelines that God saves, saves and gives to us. In your baptism, in your baptism, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. You were marked by the cross. That was a lifeline that he threw out to you. And it doesn't matter if you were a little tiny baby that didn't know what was going on. It wasn't based on what you did. It was based on what Christ did for you. Simple elements of water when combined with the faith of that person, which is a gift by the Holy Spirit. And the word and the works of the Holy Spirit, it becomes a holy sacrament. Sounds strange maybe to some people. How can it be? Well, I can't tell you exactly. I can just tell you it's in the Bible and that there's, there's proof in it. Because Jesus said, be baptized, be saved. We have another lifeline. In the sacrament of the altar, Jesus, from crib to cross 
crown. Jesus came down and he gave his body broken for you. He gave his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Can you forgive your own sins? No. Do you owe something to God because of your sins? No. (laughs) Because it's been paid for. John talks about the propitiation. Jesus Christ is love. Jesus Christ is the perfect propitiation. Do you know what propitiation means? That's a two-bit word, but propitiation is the one that steps in for another's debt. But it has two things that have to be met. Number one, it has to be acceptable to the one that debt is owed. And number two, it needs to be acceptable to the one who is stepping in to the debtor's shoes. Do you get that? It used to be that we would slaughter lambs. It used to be that we'd slaughter goats. It used to be that we would do all these things. They weren't willing participants in that. It was limited. But Jesus Christ stepped in where you and I could not. He volunteered for it because he keeps his promises. And God accepted it because God is holy and God keeps his promises. This is a season of hope. A season of hope. And where is your hope? Is your hope in men? Is your hope in the economy? Is your hope in your education? Is your hope in your health? Is your hope in your children? Those things can all perish. But if your hope is in the one that saves, the one who we celebrate his birthday tomorrow, then your future, your eternity, your salvation is assured. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page four of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for 
all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, loving God, the keeper of promises, we lift up your whole church throughout the nations. We lift up those that are in need. We lift up those who are hurting right now. This season of Christmas oftentimes shines lights on our dissatisfaction. And Father, I pray that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, that as your Son is the light that came into darkness, that we would see the blessings, that we would have the hope of a future, of an eternity to come with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, there are many with us tonight that are hurting, that are suffering from illnesses and diseases, that from people that are missing from their lives, Father. We are especially delighted that Bill Tubiola is with us this evening with his family. We give you great thanks for Bill. We thank you for being with him and that he knows you. And we thank you for his beautiful stories and the partnership that he and Janice have, have enjoyed and shared with so many for so many years. And Father, we lift up those in need, those with special, special struggles right now, in our hearts or out loud. We hand these folks to your capable hands, Father, asking you for mercy upon them. And Father, tonight we do remember those that have departed from us, especially those who have departed recently. And we pray for mercy and peace upon those families that are missing them so and that they would cling to your blessed promise that to be absent of this body, Father, that we are face to face with Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. So into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You know what, I'm a little off of my game tonight. I need you to stand up again. How about that? Now it's more like a Roman Catholic thing. We're getting up and down and up and down. How about that? Okay. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And he gave thanks, and then he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The holy sacrament of the altar is for all who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I've heard you do it. And if you take him at his word that this is my body broken and this is my blood shed for you, then come, the table is prepared. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
to the side. Great, how you doing? Good to see you. Merry Christmas. We have an announcement. <laughs> I'll take the floor. Uh, I'll make it quick. Um, first of all, on behalf of um, the council, church council, and just our congregation, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I could not wait to get uh, the, the Christmas presents under the tree. So I begged my parents, please give me one. And they would capitulate and give me one. <laughs> and so hopefully I'm not setting any bad example for the kids. But but what we want to do tonight is honor Pastor and, and Liz um, with gifts from the congregation. Um, these guys have, you guys have done just amazing stuff for us this past year. And I just want to thank you both um, from my heart that Pastor leading us um, in this church. Thank you very much. And Liz with the music and so inspiring and everything she does. We so appreciate your help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so Merry Christmas to you all, and thank you for coming tonight. We really enjoyed having you with us. Okay, and with that, thank you. How are you? with favor and give you his peace 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is on page 39, Joy to the World.